This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And um, for all of you, uh, I guess, who didn't lose all the money that uh, we probably lost you this week on our picks, uh, hopefully you still have a device to be able to listen to us on because uh, it was not our best week for picks. Uh, Week 10, Dylan, was a... A wild and crazy one, I mm-hmm. think, for a lot of people, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the the fantasy ramifications of some of these players. Uh, I will yeah. tell you that uh, in certain leagues, it was not my best week. Thank you, Cooper Cup, but uh, we'll get to that uh, later on in the episode. It was, uh, I mean, man, just a, I don't know, it was kind of a strange week, I guess, because you, you had some teams that were, were in must-win scenarios. Then you had some teams that were in must-lose scenarios, and, well, they found out that they were going to win games anyways. Yeah, these teams that are, you know, one and seven, all, all three of these teams all winning. So I think the true winner <laughs> of the day is really the Cincinnati Bengals. They take a huge step forward yes. for the number one pick. But, yeah, a lot of survivor pools, I'm sure, went went down in a flash with a lot of, you know, maybe some people survived till now, and then they probably all lost, whether it be picking the Saints <laughs> to beat the Falcons or the Colts to beat the Dolphins. Those two pretty uh, – you don't really see usually two teams that are both 10-plus uh, point underdogs win on the same day. It was kind of a crazy day. So I don't feel too bad about some of our picks. Some other ones that were closer – maybe so but yeah those games man i don't think anyone really saw that coming no i don't think so and uh it made some of these teams look even better uh based on the consistency because that's what we always talk about it's consistency um and speaking of teams that don't have consistency let's go back to thursday night we don't spend a lot of time on uh, the thursday night when it's uh, several days removed now but uh, the raiders we we said it we were rolling with the raiders and mm-hmm. sure enough the Raiders get a 26-24 win over the Chargers. And uh, little did we know, well, I, I mean, listen, folks, if you go back and listen to our uh, season predictions episode, you'll know that we all, you know, we both picked the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. So uh, here they are, you know, now sitting uh, half a game out of the lead in the AFC West. Um, hey, we said it. It's a, it was a big game for both teams, and we said whoever wins this game uh, is probably going to feel a lot better about where they're at in the playoff race. And sure enough, the Oakland Raiders are uh, five and four and, and feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, the Raiders have to feel fantastic, like you're saying. Their next couple of games against the Bengals and Jets. 
I mean, we can't lock in any wins at this point with what we saw this week, but you got to f- feel like they're going to take both of those. You're going seven and four to a game with the Chiefs at this point could be for the division. I mean, there's a lot of uh, easier games left on that schedule for the Raiders after that too. So, man, they, I mean, they have definitely improved a lot from earlier in the year in terms of their consistency on offense. It's been a few weeks now where they've been able to put up points. The big concern still for them is going to be defense. I, I don't, you know, their secondary is still a huge question mark. But if they get a pass rush like they did against the Chargers on, uh, you know on Sunday or sorry on last Thursday it's going to be a lot uh, different story for them I think that's going to help them out quite a bit Uh, a lot of offensive lines aren't going to be in the shambles of with all the injuries and different issues that the Chargers have but uh, it's just good news for the Raiders and it's uh, you know for anyone that didn't think John Gruden was gonna be able to figure it out I mean there's uh, some questions last year but they completely tore down that team and uh, to come into this season uh, I you know not a ton of expectations but I think at this point you have to feel pretty good about where they are going forward yeah for sure and they are again sitting in a a really good spot here and uh, with those two games coming up against the Bengals and the Jets uh, I don't know I guess it would be a a total Raiders thing if they were to let's say lose one or both of these games Uh, but still Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you can't lose both but even if they were to lose one of them, they're still in pretty good shape, at least uh, for now, in terms of uh, the playoff race. So, yeah, the, the Raiders just uh, moving right along here, looking like a team that uh, can make the playoffs, and we were not saying that uh, before the start of the season. Uh, all right, speaking of teams that want to make the playoffs, uh, the Chicago Bears, it was a, a must-win scenario for them. And uh, sure enough, the Bears finally, I guess, found some offense of some sort and uh, are able to get a 20-13 to 13 win. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to be rushing out to put Mitchell Trubisky in their fantasy football starting lineups, uh, <laughs> but it, it is, again, it's a win, and we said it. I mean, the Bears lose that game. Their season's pretty much over. Uh, now they're sitting here at 4-5. and five. Obviously, Matthew Stafford not playing played a role in that game, but you'll take it either way uh, if you're mm-hmm. a Bears fan. Yeah, I know that can't take it much away from the defense. They still played well, and you know, at certain points early in the game, it looked like the Lions were kind of in control, but they they figured it out as we've seen them in a number of these games they've lost, where the defense does respond and still gets some stops to put the offense in a position to actually do something. They they finally figured it out. We've talked about how the Lions have struggled on defense, so take that with what you will. It's going to be a lot tougher matchup, even though the Rams lost this past week. Their defense has been solid, so I don't know. That's going to be probably pretty low over under on that one, but. Uh, for the Bears, yeah, like you said, you had to win this one to keep your season alive because we've, we've already talked about how December is just a brutal stretch of games. So they're going to have to keep racking up wins here. It's not going to be easy. Um, but, I mean, with their defense, they at least can stay in games. That's the one thing you can count on with them. Yep, uh, that's the case. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's every week it's the same. It's just, are they going to be able to find enough offense? They did in this one. Uh, we'll see how that works out against, uh, like we said, some probably tougher competition here uh, as they go mm-hmm. throughout the stretch run. Uh, the season all right next up uh, we mentioned the Bengals a minute ago still in the uh the race well we were gonna say taken for Tua but uh after what Joe Burrow did uh for LSU <laughs> against Alabama uh looks like Joe may be in the the conversation mm-hmm. there now so uh either way uh the Bengals are looking like they're gonna have a good shot at, at having a chance to to secure that number one pick in the draft and uh that's because uh, they got lamar jackson um 49 to 13 
the Ravens won that game. Uh, honestly, it was never that close. I mean, it's you know that's uh, whatever a a thirty six point uh, score line there, but uh, it never felt that close because the Ravens did anything they wanted to do in this game, and um, it was just uh, it was something else to watch Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. which I know everyone at this point has seen that the spin move he pulled off uh, on that that big run for a touchdown and. Uh, we said it. I, I always look at teams, and you know what? If you beat teams the way you're supposed to beat teams, um, that tells me a lot. The Ravens destroyed the Dolphins to start the season. They destroyed a bad Bengals team. They didn't play around. They didn't let anyone hang around. Um, I'm not saying that's a sign of a team that's necessarily going to win a Super Bowl, but that tells me a mm-hmm. lot about a team. Uh, if they can just go out and dominate the teams they're supposed to. Uh, and here's another note. Uh, Field Yates uh, added this on Twitter. He added this before the game, actually, which now would be 34-0. But uh, the Ravens, uh, they were 10.5-point favorites in this game. The only active franchise that's never lost a game was a double-digit favorite. Uh, they were 33-0 going into that game. Now they're 34-0. and uh, Big win for the Ravens and uh, the Bengals. A big win for them, too, I guess. <laughs> I wonder if that stat goes back to their older Cleveland Brown days. I'd have to figure that out. Yeah, but yeah. yeah uh, for the Bing, or for the Ravens, not a surprising game. You and I both said this is our betting lock of the week. So for all the games we missed, at least we nailed this one. Yep. Kind of went exactly how I, we felt it would go. I, I feel like the, the Ravens didn't think they're going to stop rolling after that win against the Patriots. They're just going to build on top of that. And it, yeah, it looked at times like kind of a scrimmage almost for them not to be <laughs> too disrespectful to the Bengals but they really did not stand a chance the Ravens I mean in every facet of the game dominated and yeah definitely at this point you have to feel like they're one of the top Super Bowl contenders in the AFC right there you know we had that one podcast where we talked about our top five teams and we left them out I think at this point you can you can't really have a conversation about the Super Bowl without them so yeah not a game you learn a ton about you've talked about how the good teams have to crush these bad teams so we've seen them do it a couple times now they got a little a little tougher uh few games coming up uh next week against the texans that could be a possible playoff preview the 49ers coming down the line pretty soon as well so we'll learn some more about the ravens but i think we've already uh at least at the very least we know lamar jackson something else i mean that that one touchdown run holy cow when he <laughs> it looked like a, it was like beyond what a video game could do i mean you could try to do that with pressing O for spin move and dash and uh, you know juke and left right here and there and I still don't think you'd be able to pull off something that was that pretty. It was it was he's just much must watch TV at this point. Even if the Ravens are playing a bad team, you got to tune in because Lamar Jackson is just phenomenal to see what they're doing with that offense right now. Yeah, as a Mark Ingram fantasy owner, uh, you just you get a tear every now and then because you just know that <laughs> you're really not going to get enough because uh, Lamar Jackson is just going to run it and score touchdowns and there's nothing you. <laughs> can do about it so um yeah it's uh it's one of those deals where i I just don't you know it's just not easy to stop this team Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's not something you can prepare for uh people can talk all they want about maybe the the past still needs to be improved uh, for him but i mean look when when he can just run out and do anything he wants there's just not a whole lot you can do about it so uh that's always going to be a factor and you mentioned the, the game coming up uh, in week uh, 11 here with uh, the Texans. So you've got uh, Mark Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. That will be a fun one uh, for sure. Um, all right, next up, uh, we go from we were talking about the Bears to the Browns, and the Browns were in must-win mode. Uh, and sure enough, I will tell you, well, that was not a, a – 
pretty game by any means. And I think probably I know Browns fans, a win is a win, and you're, you're more excited. But I still think you probably came out of that game being just as frustrated as you were before um, because they just did so many things, it seemed like, uh, to try to lose that game. And, it, of course, mm-hmm. everyone you know who watched the game, what stands out is all the different conversion possibilities they could have had from like the one and two yard line mm-hmm. and they could never get into the end zone uh what was it? i think it was like eight tries or something from within oh, the, the yeah, two the yards drive when they had, yeah. the, they had the one the penalty was, i think it was seven plays yeah oh so they had all these opportunities couldn't get in the end zone and and they're running plays that just don't even make sense at that area it's just <laughs> i don't know but hey again they're three and six. Uh, certainly, it would have looked a lot worse, you know, to be at two and seven. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I still don't think that. I mean, their their schedule is nice and everything, yeah. but I still don't think they make the playoffs. But um, three and six uh, for the Bills, it's probably just as frustrating to lose a game like that because it's one where yeah. you, you did play well enough on defense to win. The offense wasn't necessarily great. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. It wasn't a great game. It was an ugly game. We probably yeah. expected that, but I guess if you're the Browns, eh, it's a win. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think either fan base is feeling too good about this one because both teams really could have lost this game for different reasons. You already talked mostly about the the Browns and their struggles in the in the red zone and that's it's it's like you know, it's been we've seen this since early in the season they had the chance against the Rams to force overtime and all year they've struggled inside the 5-yard line. I I don't know how you don't adjust or I mean, we've seen years past where the Falcons have kind of been a team that struggled in the same the same kind of area of the field and it's just it's staggering and it's frustrating for them because at this point in the year they could be looking a little bit better and you know one or two more wins puts you right in the middle of the thick of that playoff race they have a lot of ground to make up at this point but I mean if they if they somehow win some of these easier games and they tie with Buffalo now they got this tie break so for the Bills you had a really big chance to kind of cement your your place in the playoff picture now you fall to six and three there's a number of five and four teams nipping at your butts now and you don't have this tie break with Cleveland I, I don't think it's going to come out to haunt them, but I mean, if the Browns do figure out how to win some of these games, it could. And for the Bills, I, on the flip side, you, you know, you get all those stops in the red zone. You, you get all these, make all these big plays and you convert some fourth downs and do some things. But the one thing, I mean, you, you get two field goals. I know the last one by Hauschka was a lot further, but he had one earlier in the, in the first half that he missed from within four, uh, inside 40 yards. And it's just those things that are so frustrating as a fan and as a team because you're putting yourself in a position to win where – yeah, in the NFL, as we know, uh, one, two, three points, it really makes a huge difference. So those yep. field goals for the Bills, you feel like you easily are in a position to at least be tied in that game at the end, but also could have been you know, feeling better earlier in the game. So um, for the Bills at this point, the last few weeks, uh, a few tough games, uh, they got blown out obviously by the Eagles, and now they come in here. I don't know. I, I'm not feeling so confident <laughs> about them as a playoff team, especially with how the Steelers are playing, how the Raiders are playing. Uh, if, the, if Jacoby Brissett comes back for the Colts, how they'll be looking. So it's it's getting a lot more complicated than it might have seemed a few weeks ago for Buffalo. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun here. We're gonna we're gonna make a stop here for one second, and we're gonna go through both yes. of these teams uh, in terms of seeing. We're just gonna. All right, I want you to make a quick pick on all of these games. We're gonna start with the Browns. Okay. The rest of the way, Browns at home against the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers. <laughs> All right, so there you go. Browns at home against the Dolphins. I'll take the Browns. Browns at the Steelers. Yeah, Steelers again. <laughs> Browns at home against the Bengals. Take Browns. Browns at the Cardinals. 
Oh, ooh, that's the tough one. <laughs> All right, let's give the Browns that one. Let's say they win that game. Okay. Then okay. the Browns come back home to play the Ravens. Nope, revenge for the Ravens after early in the year. And then the Browns at the Bengals, so we'll probably give, give them the that, Browns one too. that win. All right, so yeah. that's what four wins. Seven and nine. Seven and nine. That's, that's not going to get you nine. there. <laughs> so let's say even if you split with the Steelers, eight and eight is probably eight. the best mm-hmm. you're looking at. Because I, they're, yeah, they're going to have to probably win yeah. both those games. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That's what it's going to come down to. They're going to have to probably. I mean, they're going to have to win six of their last seven games. I don't think mm-hmm. eight and eight get, gets you in in the AFC. Nope. I just don't see it happening. Even as no, bad I, as the I, AFC yeah. South is, and we'll get there, but I just don't see it. <laughs> no, I think enough teams are going to go nine and seven. I think that's kind of the board, like the the line where you look at the Raiders, you look at where the Steelers are, the Colts, as we just mentioned. But now the Titans. Oh, I'm just looking through the standings real quick. Chargers. I mean, you could still see them pull out nine and seven jags i don't know so yeah. with Foles coming back we'll see how they look it's it's not it's not that easy for the browns it, everyone said like <laughs> we'll wait for this back half of the schedule but if you just continue to pile up losses you got you they had to win you know a couple more of these games early in the year to really be factoring with this easy schedule all right we're quickly going to do this with the bills because it could be a little bit more shaky than we thought um mm-hmm. all right they're at the dolphins we're giving them that one yeah, right? we'll give them that win all right they're at home against the broncos I I would I would say they should win that game, but you know Denver's had some games where we see them play much better than they have in past weeks. So, I'll say the Bills though. I, I feel feel like pretty good about two wins there. I was gonna say so that gets them to eight right there. Now they just mm-hmm. probably need one or two to really feel decent of mm-hmm. these last five at the Cowboys. Gonna go with the Cowboys there. Home against the Ravens. Yeah, we already know where I'm going there. <laughs> the Lamar show at the Steelers. <laughs> See that? So that one might be almost a playoff game. Like yeah. we're looking at kind of these teams that are going to be right on that fringe for playoff spots and tie breaks. Uh, obviously, based on head-to-head matchups, that's one. Yeah. I would I would probably pick the Steelers. Um, yeah. We'll see where I, how I feel over the next few weeks, but a uh, tough one for sure on the road, especially. Then at the Patriots, we know where we're going there. Yeah. And then the last game of the season, like I think this is what happened. Like this is what does it for the Bills. They're at home against the Jets, the last game of the season. So if they can beat the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Jets, that gets them to nine. And so it should be enough. Yeah, it should be enough. (laughs) And then if you can still one somewhere, which is going to be hard to do because three of those four are on the road. But let's say you find Mm -hmm. a way to win in Pittsburgh or by some chance you just play the ravens just an unbelievable defensive effort uh mm-hmm. i don't know i yeah it's gonna be interesting it's possible that, that mm-hmm. i think these two teams are very interesting to look at because the browns have such a you know quote unquote easy schedule the bills have a pretty tough one with some of these games they're gonna have left to play so i thought those were, were two very interesting comparisons there so it's those, uh it's those easy early season wins i mean like yeah. obviously the schedule for the bills is much e- easier early in the season than cleveland but you it just they stack up like you feel like you're going to be able to respond each week you know it's not like the playoffs you're not done with one loss but the, it's the, every game still counts and you still uh, after a certain point uh, you have so many losses on your record you can't just erase those <laughs> right yeah we, we may go through the Steelers here in a minute we'll look at them uh before mm-hmm. we get there let's talk about the Chiefs and the Titans uh that was certainly one of the most exciting games of the day yeah. and it was just a a wild one uh with the way it ended um here we are we're back here again to the same theme and it's like i've re- I've repeated this on every episode of this podcast at this point 20 something episodes i feel like i've repeated every time just when you think the titans are going to do something remember that they're probably going to do the opposite 
And so, I mean, they are. They are the George Costanza of the NFL, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, they do the opposite. Um, yep. That's just what happens. And they get a 35-32 to win over the Chiefs. And now the Titans are sitting there right in that mix at 5-5. Five and five. The Chiefs have now fell to 6-4, and four, which we just talked about when we were mentioning the Raiders. Um Man, it's just uh, it's one of those deals where I think what stands out to me is that the Chiefs' defense is clearly still a problem, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's what puts them behind the Patriots, and honestly, you know, maybe even behind the Ravens if we continue to see it going this way uh, yep. when we look at it fr- from that perspective. Uh, but I don't know, like it's just, but but still you still feel more confident in the Chiefs, and you still don't have any confidence in the Titans because mm-hmm. as good as they looked in this game to be able to make enough plays, it's just like, you know, you know you're not going to get that every single game, and that makes them very hard to predict. Uh, this was. This was a wild game. Yeah, I mean, for this one, for the, the Chiefs and Titans, as we kind of talked about last week, if the Titans were going to win, it had to start with the ground game, and Derrick Henry obviously dominated and you got to give some credit to Vrabel and that team because they fell behind 10-0 and a lot of teams against the Chiefs they feel like they, oh man it's going to be a shootout we have to we're going to have to throw if we're going to want to keep this game going but they instead that whole drive when they got their touchdown to make it 10 to 7 they stuck to the ground game quite a bit um, not to take anything away from Ryan Tannehill who's now 3 and 1 starting for the <laughs> Tennessee Titans I think I mean he, he looks solid but I mean I, I said this a while back I don't know what podcast we're talking about uh, the, the Titans uh, 2016 before he got hurt Ryan Tannehill looked really good that year for the Dolphins and uh, with a team that wasn't great around him. So uh, no matter what happens this season, good to see him playing like this. And some of those throws in that last drive, I mean, the Chiefs uh, secondary, as we talked about, one of their better parts, the only good really part about their defense um, for a lot of the day, they played pretty well. It's mostly Derrick Henry taking over. But in that last drive, Tannehill was just on point and making you know decisions on, on the money. Everything was working well. And it was really cool to see. But for the Chiefs, you still, you know, yeah, I mean, we don't trust them maybe as much as the Pats and Ravens at this point, but Patrick Mahomes uh, is obviously phenomenal. I mean, the, the throw that he made jumping in the pocket, I saw the one replay, um, the one to McCole Hardman, the, the one replay from behind the behind the play, and it was just it was like, how did he do – first of all, how did he make the throw, but how did he see that was going to be there at the same time? It was just – so much going on and it's just you know with with him you'd never feel like you're out of it and if they you know they make that last field goal by Butker or even one earlier in the game uh then it's a different story so yeah I mean for the Chiefs it's a it's a tough going uh Andy Reid somehow one and eight in his career against the Titans I don't know how that makes any sense but <laughs> something about yeah like you said the George Costanza of NFL teams and maybe I should have stuck with them for my AFC South pick I mean we'll see <sighs> still think the Texans are a good pick at the mid-season point but Titans are right there, and I, you know, who knows if if they can beat the Chiefs like that, they can probably. I mean, if they play well enough, they can beat anyone. Let's be honest, everyone's right there in the AFC South. It doesn't <laughs> matter who you are; everyone is still in this race, which is exactly what we thought. I think the bigger surprise for us is that everyone is not sitting here at five and five. Uh, a four-way tie at five and five yep. would probably be uh, <laughs> just perfect. And uh, yeah, but that is it, it was a big win for the Titans because, like we said, we're looking through some of these potential playoff teams, and and they're. You know, they're right there in that jumbled mess, sort of in the middle yeah. of teams who are, are trying to break out and maybe set themselves apart. So uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. And it's crazy to think about in this game 
Um, you know, it was a runny. I mean, Derrick Henry dominated the game in terms of, I mean, he had 180 yards. Yes. He's on both of my fantasy teams. Oh, look at Big that. Big time clutch performance for me there. Genius. <laughs> genius. Which, you know, I'm not drafting anybody from the Titans. That's well documented <laughs> at this point. But when you look at their receiving game, I mean, you know, Corey Davis doesn't even play in this game. A.J. Brown, yep. who you figure is going to step up and be their top receiver, he had one reception for 17 yards. So it's just how did they win this game? And that's what it comes down to is Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry yep. won the game. So um, big big win for the Titans and uh, for the Chiefs. They'll try to regroup. But Patrick Mahomes, by the way, uh, in case anyone forgot while he was injured, uh, he's still pretty good. So uh, 446 yards, three touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, he's not bad. Um, all right. <laughs> there, there, this the weirdness of the NFL right here in this one game. Uh, the Falcons and the Saints. Oh, my God. How on this planet did the Falcons go in and win this game 26-9? to mm-hmm. We talked about it. We thought this defense was maybe even one of the worst we've seen in a while. I mean, this team was yep. giving up points left and right. You could just... I mean, you know, I don't even know at this point. Like any, we could have got out there and probably completed a couple passes. At least we felt that way, um, mm-hmm. and that's obviously exaggerating it a bit. But how does this team? <laughs> I don't, maybe I don't know what happened in the bye week, but apparently the Falcons uh, were just on a mission to come out here yeah. and prove themselves. And sure enough. You hold an offense of that caliber, a team that we even said uh, we're probably throwing mm-hmm. in and feeling like they have a chance to make the Super Bowl now, which they still do. But to hold the Saints to nine points, I, this is this is every what everybody says any given Sunday. Like this is the definition of it because this made absolutely no sense whatsoever, and I don't even know what you say about it. Yeah, this is a game I'm going to have to go back and watch the condensed game because <laughs> it was on with all the red zone games and haven't had a chance before recording here. So I'm co- mostly caught, you know, just the bits and pieces we saw on red zone. But I think, yeah, just looking at the stats, the most staggering thing isn't even just the the points for the Falcons scoring. It has to be, as you said, it starts with the, the Saints scoring nine <laughs> against the Falcons defense. How in the world did that happen? I don't even no, I mean, Michael Thomas had a huge fantasy day, but that doesn't only go so far. I mean, they couldn't run the ball. They kind of abandoned the run, too, which might be part of the issue for the Saints so early against this Falcons defense. There's no reason to really do that. I know their secondary is awful, but a lot of the teams that have beaten them up have controlled the clock. The Falcons managed to do that. I mean, this is, you know, the, before the season when I last episode where I was laughing at myself for possibly thinking they could win this division, but here they are coming in and showing that if they play well enough, they have the talent, and even with injuries they've had, on offense and defense they came out and put their best game on paper yes the saints played uh probably as bad of a game as they possibly could have uh, sean payton saying he didn't think they would have beaten anyone on this sunday no matter who they faced given their effort so we'll see how they respond i'm not too worried about the saints long term but as you said it's just any given week you can never assume that a game's going to be uh, whether it be the spread or the final i mean this this kind of reminds me of the bills uh, vikings game last year where the uh, the buffalo came into minnesota like 18 or 19 point underdogs is something ridiculous and they end up winning by like 20 it's just there's all it feels like the last few years there's been one of these games where it's like the result I, as i said before when we just started this is definitely one that killed a ton of survivor pools <laughs> i'm sure so many people are like oh this is an easy pick i've waited to use the saints all year here we are it's a good one i'm gonna like, go into this one and feel good about next week and sure enough they get pounded here so yeah uh weird weird result man so you find me someone out there who felt confident in the falcons winning this game and i will <laughs> i will find you a liar because uh, I'm not buying it. I don't think anyone but yeah. just go through the six game losing streak. Hopefully, maybe. Yes. 
The, the Falcons gave up 27, 24, 53, 34, 37, and 27. And they gave up nine to the Saints, who, by the way, did not even turn the ball over. Like, they had mm-hmm. zero turnovers and only yeah, scored nine so points. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever, but uh, mm-hmm. that's the NFL. And uh, I don't think the Falcons are going to be starting their, their playoff charge here. But um, nonetheless, uh, and, 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 you know, again, the Falcons do it without their top two running backs. Like, Edo Smith's out. Devontae Freeman got hurt. Brian Hill's in there carrying 20 times for 61 yards. I just don't know what to say about this. Um, we're not going to break down the Falcons' playoff schedule. We're not. We're not going to start finding wins for the <laughs> no, Falcons. No, it's but. not. I, uh, even if I if I had the look, I can imagine it's not going to be too pretty. Yeah, they get the Saints again. They get the Niners. Yeah, don't. We're not breaking it down. They're they're probably going to lose both of those games. Saints are probably going to come in Atlanta with something to prove. <laughs> we'll we'll wait a few weeks before we uh, we start going into that one. We'll see if it's necessary. Um, speaking of, we're not going to look. We're going to do this for these two teams either the Giants and the Jets. Uh, here's another one we got flat out wrong. Um, the Jets went 34 to 27 uh, in the the Battle of New York there, and um, yeah, this was a this was an ugly one for the Giants. Uh, I know it was sort of a, a touchdown game here, and the Giants' offense looked good, but their defense is as bad as we thought it was. And I guess in a sense, so is the Jets, but just not to you know the level of the Giants mm-hmm. in this game. Um, th- this is one where you just again we picked the Giants because we really felt like they played well against the Cowboys. And then you saw what the Jets did against the Dolphins, and it's like, well, this is a no-brainer. Well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. There, there are no no-brainers in this league. Uh, Daniel Jones threw four touchdowns. Darius Slayton had a big game. Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. really didn't even do anything. Uh, but yet yep. the Jets still find a way to win here, and uh, they somehow, uh, which I think injury probably has a lot to do with this, but uh, yeah. as a Saquon Barkley fantasy owner, to look up and see 13 carries for one yard is not something that that I was expecting to see. No, absolutely not. It, um, definitely for in terms of fantasy wise, uh, this is the game where Darius Slayton kind of showed why he's been on that <laughs> on that waiver wire waiting yep. for you to pick him up. Obviously, didn't you know, he's not going to perform like this every week, but you see the talent that he has and his playmaking ability. It's kind of for Giants fans remind you a little bit of what uh, Victor Cruz used to be able to do and kind of how he emerged early in his career. So for the Giants, I mean, yeah, their offense wasn't had no problem moving the ball, but that one Jamal Adams, uh, you know, just rips the ball away from Daniel Jones and you got a touchdown game. That's really the difference. Both these teams, there's not a lot of a uh, either team really had a big of an edge. Uh, I, I yes, the Jets have played much worse in the past few weeks and here in this game they do get some luck with uh, different things so I, i'm not going to tune it up to anything more than these are two bad teams as i think the new york post headline said battle of the week week yeah. not spelled like the week that <laughs> you usually would have put in that circumstance and uh here they are at this point just ruining their chances to get another top quarterback not that they need one but for the jets i think they do need to actually focus on trying to win because uh, getting the one two three pick isn't going to matter much you got a team that you're supposed to be as we talked about a few weeks ago trying to be a team in this wild card picture it's not going to happen for them but uh, i mean for sam darnold uh, he looked okay but nothing still nothing i would really pull away from him in terms of confidence given what we've seen over the last few weeks it's it's still early in his career same for daniel jones obviously he goes off in this game but um in terms of fantasy points they couldn't run the ball which is the most shocking thing as you said against the jets defense which i guess that's one of the strong suits they've kind of had but uh yeah i don't know man levion yeah, levion not being able to run against the giants was probably the more shocking thing for me because that i mean they, they can't really do anything on the giants defense and to you know for fantasy owners of levion bell it's been 
pretty rough this year. No matter how many touches he can get, it's still not making a difference there. Yeah, when Daniel Jones is a leading rusher for the Giants with three carries and 20 yards, and your <laughs> your next leading rusher is Wayne Gallman with one carry for two yards, uh, you you know you're you you've kind of put yourselves in a situation here where they're going to have to decide what they want to do with Saquon Barkley, whether it's worth playing him the rest of the season or if he's not completely mm-hmm. ready to go mm-hmm. to sit him out. Um, I will I will put my fantasy bias aside and the need for him to get me to the playoffs uh, and say it may be better just to uh, to see what's happening with him and not try to risk yeah. anything here. Um, all right, uh, a couple other teams here. We we expected this to to be one of the more I guess high scoring games of the week. We were talking about that uh, when we made our picks, but uh, the Bucks and the Cardinals. Um, it was yeah, I mean it was an offensive game just like you expected. The Bucks get to win mm-hmm. thirty to twenty seven. Um, they both teams now. Well, I guess the Cardinals have to tie, but both teams with three wins, six losses. Um, but this was one where it, it really did. Like this game went exactly sort of like you expected it to. <laughs> uh, it really was like it was an offensive game. Uh, Christian Kirk goes off for six receptions, one hundred thirty eight yards, three touchdowns. Jameis had his usual big game, and of course he had his usual start of the game. With an interception um just sort of like we expected i guess um and it's just i don't know like the bucks and the cardinals they're just two teams that i think we know like they have the offensive capabilities but defensively the reason they're not in the playoff race is because they just don't have it on defense and these are certainly two teams we know that once this season is over they're going to go out and address some of their defensive needs Mm -hmm. uh because that's what's going to help them get I mean if they don't want to do that if they can't find any improvement on defense that they're not going to be able to to be in this race next season or beyond yeah I know I mean they they can defend the run and that's one thing they've done well and they did it well against the Cardinals on Sunday but overall for Tampa Bay it's still uh, the one I think my biggest takeaway is they play really exciting games if you don't if you're not a fan of the Buccaneers it feels like every single week they're in these last minute crazy kind of situations either scoring or giving up points whether they lose or win they play really close football games and even this whole morning slate there weren't a lot of uh, fantastic you know matchups between playoff contenders but there was a lot of close fun games um for yeah and I, that was the one takeaway for me from this one really was no matter how bad both these teams are at this point in terms of you know in terms of them not really competing for a playoff spot there are there are positives i think the cardinals kyler murray again at certain points you know looked a little off and then other moments showed flashes of why they you know they uh, traded Rosen away and drafted him first overall. Some of those passes down the field were, uh, looked, you know, kind of like what we see from Lamar Jackson out there in terms of guy running up into the pocket making it kind of freeze the defense and then just throwing a dart over the top he looked great um and you know there's things to be i feel positive about for the cardinals moving forward christian kirk obviously finally kind of having a big uh, game well i know plenty of fantasy owners probably very (laughs) frustrated that did not start him um that that was kind of a theme this week as it's been uh, you know every year it's kind of a theme of guys having just one week here and there where you think they're going to be great you kind of bench them when you give up hope and then they come in and (laughs) give you three touchdowns and 140 (laughs) yards so uh, for both teams yeah just going uh, at this point yeah like you said you got to look towards the offseason figure out where your weaknesses are for both teams it's it's all past defense as much as this year uh, we've I've talked a lot about teams that can't defend the run and how that's a huge problem for Kansas City and other ones and some of the best teams in the NFL run the ball really efficiently these two teams if you can't stop the pass no one's gonna no one's gonna really run that much on you they're just gonna keep throwing and uh, both teams have similar weaknesses kind of but at least for the Cardinals you ha- you know who your quarterback of the future is for Tampa uh, at this point where are you really feeling about Jameis Winston I'm not really sure even after you know you ekes this one out um, is this really the guy you want leading your franchise for the long term I'm not sure Gardner Minshew to Tampa 
Um, <laughs> no. Now that uh, now that Nick now that his Minshew mania has gone down and Foles is back, it takes two weeks for the narratives to flip. This is going <laughs> to be. I thought, was, I thought it was Foles moving on. <laughs> it's going to be a long burn. He's going to go to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and we're going to have Bucks versus Jags. That's going to be the new uh, big rivalry in the NFL. That's that's what oh, we yeah. want. We want we want the story. Um, no, but yeah, they, they've got to figure out what they're going to do there. And like you said, they've got to improve uh, that pass defense for sure. And, and going back, I mean, David Johnson clearly. You know, we sort of mentioned Saquon Barkley. David Johnson had five carries for two yards, and he's someone else. It's clearly not right injury-wise. I mean, it's just clear mm-hmm. he's not 100% right now, and, and they, too, probably have to, to make some decisions on him uh, to decide what they're going to do here moving forward. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, look, man, injuries are part of the game, but as we see, they just – it's just every year we always look up and it's like, man, some of these guys are just so banged up at this point in the yeah. season – um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, not ideal for, for some of these teams. Um, all right. We get to the one that uh, I know that New, oh, York, yes. New York Jets fans are waiting <laughs> on because now the New York Jets are officially the worst team in the division uh, because the Miami Dolphins have now won two in a row. And uh, I believe, Dylan, that is probably the longest winning streak in the division right now uh, of any because the Patriots lost to the Ravens. So, yes, the Bills lost. The Dolphins are clearly at this point right now the best team in the AFC East uh, as they've won (laughs) two in a row. Uh, But, yes, the the Dolphins go in, and it almost feels fitting because we, we laugh about the AFC South all season long, how crazy it is, how inconsistent these teams are, and sure enough, the team that we think is in pretty good shape to win the division turns around and loses to the Dolphins at home. Um, And once (sighs) again, uh, I guess that, again, the good news for the Dolphins and Dolphins fans is that the Jets won, so that's a positive. Um, You know, all these other teams that you're you're playing, trying to to maybe get a higher pick, they won, except for the Bengals, of course. Uh, So, uh, but... (laughs) I don't, I don't know. This is one of those where I know Jacoby Brissett didn't play here, but this is still a game. If you're the Colts, you have to yeah. win this game. And they did not score a single point in the first half against uh, a Dolphins defense that, yes, it has gotten better from where it was when we saw Lamar Jackson do what he did in week one. But it just – I mean, if you're the Colts, again, we talk about some of these teams. You're going to look back on games throughout the season and say, that's where we lost our playoff spot. And mm-hmm. if you're the Colts, you could very well be looking back at this game here in a couple weeks, saying, "Uh oh." <laughs> yep this is the this is one that's really going to hurt them. I, I, early in the season, they lost to the Raiders too, and that's one that, in terms of actual playoff positioning and uh, with uh, tiebreakers and whatnot, will also be a big factor. But you got to win these ones if you're going to make the playoffs. I know the AFC is not the NFC in terms of you know how heated the race might be by the end of the year, but still can't lose to the Dolphins no matter who your quarterback is I think it's something a, a lesson for betters do not bet on a Brian Hoyer quarterback team if he's favored by more than 10 points just don't even do it I mean no matter who the opponent is <laughs> I know it's the Dolphins but Hoyer man he came back to reality I know we, we saw him do some good things against the Steelers at certain points beyond that one pick six but he it was it was it was rough and it was it, it, a lot of times it wasn't it was errors that he made that weren't necessarily forced and they lose by four points and uh, you know going back to some of the interceptions he had I mean they the Dolphins scored their all their points in the first half all 10 off uh, interceptions by Brian Hoyer they weren't necessarily moving the ball in the Colts defense I thought Lent, Darius Leonard played well I thought overall the Colts defense played pretty well but they're putting some bad spots by their offense uh, and their offense just couldn't get it done at the end of the game. I mean, it, you look at the pass and the fourth down is just so feebly right in front of the, the yard marker, and it's like, what? What are we doing yeah. here for Indianapolis? 
Um, uh, you can only endure so many quarterbacks. You're in your third string guy, you know, going back to Andrew Luck, really, from the beginning of the season. This is not a situation any team wants to be in, but there's still no excuse for losing to a, a Dolphins team that, while playing motivated, while playing much better the last few weeks, uh, not necessarily an opponent that you feel like you shouldn't be able to impose your will on with the roster talent that the Colts have. And, and uh, you know, the Miami's kind of trying to become that They're, over the next few drafts. They're going to try to have depth in the same way the Colts do on their roster. But disappointing. And uh, I think my favorite meme from yesterday was uh, victories in November, Dolphins 2, Patriots 0. You can't really argue with those kind of facts there. Well, I was going to say, I mean, look here. All right, let's pull it up. The Dolphins schedule the rest of the way. Let's try to find nine wins. They're 2-7. and seven. I'm going through their remaining. No, I really, we're not going to do uh, that. no. And to be honest with you, I thought about doing it for the Colts, and then I said, you know what? How we have no idea what's going to happen with these AFC South games. So yeah. how there's no possible chance. They play a lot of a lot of AFC South matchups uh, still awaiting all yes. four teams. <laughs> so we're not we're not going there just yet because um, those, as we know, are, are wacky and who knows. And especially we have, certainly have no idea what to predict with the Colts if they can't beat the Dolphins at home. Uh, so there's no <laughs> point in even going through that right now. Um, so yeah, just uh, sorry Dolphins. We really did think you were going to be the worst team possibly in NFL history, and here you are. Winning two in a row. <laughs> um, so uh, next up, the snow bowl. Uh, as uh, yes. the snow really started coming down at Lambeau, but uh, it seemed fitting. Uh, we always look forward to that once we get to uh, this time of year. And uh, the Packers uh, rebound from that ugly game against the Chargers and get a 24-16 to win uh, over the Panthers. Uh, Aaron Jones, another big day, another three-touchdown game for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, it's so funny. Like, I was about to say, Christian McCaffrey kind of has a quiet game, and yet he still goes over 100 yards, and, you know, he scores, and it's just like – what what else do we expect from this guy at this point? I mean, we know he's going to probably hit the 100-yard mark and probably mm-hmm. going to score uh, in pretty much any game that he plays in. Uh, but, you know, and, and even in a game where Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw a touchdown, the Packers win a game, and uh, they looked a bit better against the run, all things considered, yeah. considering who you're going against, I guess. No, for uh, encouraging game for Green Bay to bounce back because that Charger game was just so ugly, and that's why I say I'm not too worried about the Saints. I know they lost to probably a weaker opponent than Los Angeles, but uh, it's, yeah, week to week they're going to have you're going to have slip ups, and here they respond against a really motivated Carolina team. I, it's a team that is still in the playoff picture. A tough loss for them in a in an in NFC race that's going to be a lot more difficult to to traverse for them. This is one that they felt like they could have, and uh, you know, really there were some turning point plays, fumbles, uh, different things where the pack. Packers were able to score touchdowns and the Panthers were not. Uh, red zone efficiency really came down and kind of bit Carolina in the butt here. So for them, I, I'm not shocked because one of the things I said before was that Carolina's run defense is atrocious. And while they, they still did okay at moments, they gave up six yards per carry, 27 carries overall for Green Bay, including the one by Aaron Rodgers for 163 yards. Aaron Jones goes off again. It's a touchdown machine. Both of these guys, McCaffrey, you're not surprised by him, but they did enough on Green Bay to limit him. I thought Kyle Allen actually played pretty well, and I overall for Carolina. If you're feeling about your feelings about him, what's going on with Cam Newton, what's going to happen after the season, I, I think at the very least you feel like you have a serviceable quarterback at this point, and maybe it's, it's really difficult to win on the road in Lambeau uh, overall, let alone in the snow. It felt more like a December game, I'm sure, than a November one for uh, this one, but. Yeah, it's, it's two tough teams in Green Bay. Uh, you're feeling pretty good at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're still only a g- 
game lead in that race in the NFC North. But overall, for the Packers, uh, this is their defense has kind of struggled, like you said, over the last few weeks, and they it was good to see them kind of bounce back here and play better. Yeah, big win. And for the Panthers, uh, we maybe on the next uh, when we do our recap for next week, mm-hmm. we'll go through and look at their maybe path to the playoffs for the, for them and the, and some of the other NFC teams. Yeah. We'll stick with the AFC this week, but um, yeah, it was uh, another good win for the Packers uh, and a long line of them this season and, and a nice bounce back spot for them uh, after that game uh, against the Chargers for sure all right uh your boys the Rams oh, go to Pittsburgh and uh did not look good Steelers get a 17 to 12 win and what do you know both teams have the exact same record and I think if you would have said after week one uh knowing that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be out for the season um you probably wouldn't have predicted that for the Rams and the Steelers to be in the same spot here but here they are uh and well well, I know it's I was laughing because I think last week I said, what in the world am I doing in a fantasy league starting the Browns defense instead of the Steelers defense? Yep. And what do you know? I do the same thing again this week. I start the Browns. Oh, no. It didn't matter. I mean, I won, and it was in our league. Yeah. It was in the Clutch yeah. Points League. But, um, you know, I, once again, I'm sitting here. I start the Browns defense. I'm like, ah, it'll be different this week. And the Steelers just rack up point after point after point. And uh, I assume they probably won a lot of people leagues again this week. Um, And I don't know, Dylan, I don't know where we go from here because Jared Goff is certainly, uh, this is Mm. something that I know is concerning for a lot of Rams fans. Uh, You look back at his, you know, last however many games he's had, he just hasn't played particularly consistent or or well to the extent I know they got to the Super Bowl um, but this is something that for them to get back to the Super Bowl they're they're gonna need him to to play much better but as we know too I mean it's a it's an offensive line thing too to where Mm -hmm. he just sometimes doesn't have a chance to play well to be honest no yeah I mean it's as much about golf as the offensive line they kind of go hand in hand and as a Rams fan you have to realize this isn't this isn't Patrick Mahomes this isn't Deshaun Watson he's not the kind of guy that's going to be able to mitigate those issues he's not going to uh, if they have all the unless their offensive line really takes a jump the only years he's I mean he's his fourth year in the NFL we had a rookie year where the offensive line was atrocious two years where they're a top five top ten unit and now again in the bottom uh, quarter of the NFL it, it all correlates he, he plays much better when he has time to throw just like any quarterback but this is really a guy that needs the pieces around him to be playing well and I I don't question what the Rams receivers are doing they're you know guys are dropping some passes here and there but nothing to the point where you're feeling like they're the problem it's the offensive line and I I know they have the injury to Brian Allen early in the game Austin Blythe moves over to center and it's just a mess and and that was the one thing before this game talking about again these better defensive lines have really gotten to work against them and really made some big plays and uh, it reminded me a lot of the 49er game in that way. It looked very similar in terms of the Rams just not being able to throw the ball. And the few times that uh, that Goff was able to throw, there was a few where they got away with some holdings, and then there were some others where they did get big pass plays and they did call holding as they should. So it, it, they couldn't do anything getting down the field. It was all it was all three four yard passes. And if they ever didn't get you know uh, anything going on first and second down, if it was third and long, it was it was game over. They, those guys pinned their ears back and they had no chance. So. For the Rams, I mean, they scored 12 points. Your defense scored nine of those points. Uh, it's it's going to be brutal uh, moving forward. I don't, you know, as we talked about with all the teams kind of in that middle of the, the race for the NFC, I felt most confident about the Vikings, and I still feel that way after this week especially because uh, no, even if the Rams' schedule isn't you know, the toughest, they still have some you know tough games against Seattle and the 49ers. 
Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm not feeling too great about them because the one thing, though, for their defense that has been really solid and it's been a top five DVOA unit again. And it's just it's frustrating because if you put last year's offense for most of the year in that situation they're in with this defense, they really go to an elite level. But at this point, the Steelers, I still don't feel great about their prospects. Mason Rudolph did not look good again. But again, the Rams' defense has been good. And um, for the Steelers, it's they're going to have to really rely on their defense. It's going back to years past and uh, that's the one encouraging thing for a Steelers fan moving forward if they can figure out their quarterback situation this team has a lot of really good young talent beyond just Mika Fitzpatrick I mean the, the team overall uh, at every facet of the of the defense on all all three levels is just playing f- spectacular football right now all right Steelers fans this is a moment you were waiting for uh all right we're gonna go through because right you got five wins got right now you're five and four <laughs> you've won four in a row um well let's look at it all right so they're at the browns which i think you've already said you're gonna take the steelers i would yeah if yeah we got we'll do our picks thursday but right now i'm leaning steelers all right so you're (laughs) leaning so that gives them six they're at the Bengals. seven right at seven at home against the browns dude if if the Bengals win that game holy cow but yeah no i'm I'm going steelers three straight wins here and then probably the cardinals (laughs) though i mean that's what I'm saying. Even with the Browns-Cardinals, I'm not sure about the Steelers-Cardinal matchup uh, later in the year in week, I think, 14 it is. But I guess Steelers, you're, you're feeling like they're going to – are we picking them? To, how many straight wins would that be at that Let's point? That would be so eight straight wins. That would be eight straight say, wins. At the Browns, if we take them at the Browns, we take them at the Bengals, at home against the Browns, at the Cardinals, that would put them to eight straight wins, and that would put them at what? Nine and four. Nine and four. Then they're at home against the Bills <laughs> – are we talking about a team getting a bye here? What are we doing? Here? Uh, seriously, like, let's consider this. Like, okay, let's say they win that one. That's nine in a row. They're to 10. Yeah. They're at the Jets. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's the, the, the only. So, yeah, I mean, they got some games that they are incredibly winnable. We'll see what they do on Thursday night here in the short week against Cleveland. Um, but, yeah, man. Some of these uh, are on the I mean, road. That's what we have to consider, I think. Yep. The, 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 a lot of road games. There's a lot of road games in here and even against they finish the, up with the ravens yeah you know that's be tough too even against the Bengals, the cardinals and the jets uh, we can say it should, should feel like they should win all three of those games but in all honesty they're probably going to drop one of those um and so but even if you look at it that way i think they still and i don't want to say easily but like it does feel like they easily find a way to get to nine wins at least and so mm-hmm. that's yeah that's something that's to consider right here yeah i mean the this is crazy to think about but the steelers uh really feeling like they're in a good spot right now after that win against the rams uh, all right <laughs> here we go uh this one you called it dylan this was your upset of the week you nailed it we'll see if my upset of the week is is right uh for the monday night game with the seahawks <laughs> and the 49ers but the Vikings go in and get the win over the Cowboys, 28-24. to We had our concerns about the Cowboys early in the season. We said, is this a team that's sort of just feasting off of a bad schedule? And sure enough, really, I mean, aside from some, some bright spots here and there, sure, uh, when they, they, they beat the Eagles at home as handily as they did, other than that, like, I mean, they beat the Giants, great like they've really not done anything else and they lose this game and now have back-to-back road games against the lions and the patriots so Mm -hmm. don't look now but me leaving the bears and the cowboys out of the playoffs uh, may not look as bad as i thought it was gonna look 
No, definitely the Bears, but yeah, the Cowboys, like I said, going into this game, it mostly was about not seeing them beat anyone as a quality team. I, they, I thought the Cowboys played all right, but these are both really good teams. The NFC's just uh, packed with these quality offense, defensive kind of teams that are balanced on both sides. So it could have gone either way. And yeah, but you mentioned now for Dallas, they're, uh, they said it on the telecast. If you look at the, their schedule next to the Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, we can do that maybe on the next one. The Eagles definitely have an easier slate of games coming up. So, I mean, the Cowboys do have the advantage by beating uh, Philadelphia earlier in the year but it's not going to be easy for them and yes the, the, the lines they get a break i feel like if stafford's starting that game i don't I, it's a lot tougher pick yep. than right what it is right now with uh, it looks like driscoll will still be going for detroit so they get another break there so hopefully they can get that win for their sake but after that like you said the patriots are coming up they got some other tougher games on the schedule the ramps probably not as tough as they looked early in the year so maybe things are going to work out for dallas but in this one yeah i'm not minnesota not surprised with their game plan they, they rode dalvin cook and he was phenomenal and you know he talked about being determined to outplay Zeke and Zeke still had a pretty solid day but Dalvin man I mean he's putting up almost 200 total yards between rushing and receiving he was doing it all was making guys miss and the one thing about the Vikings in terms of this game um, that ended up being the turning point I think for them being able to win even when they weren't scoring points they were taking time off the clock they didn't really have they had one at least one three and out but uh, most of the game was these longer kind of drives um, where they're even if they're resulting in a field goal or a punt or a touchdown they were taking they're keeping the Dallas offense off the field Dallas only had before that final drive which is seconds to go they only had three drives the entire second half it was it was crazy the yep. vikings were on the field the whole time they're wearing out dallas's defense dallas's defense is their achilles heel right now too they're they're solid but they're not great and they're not gonna be able to really stop some of these premier offenses so uh that was the one thing too about this game in terms of kirk cousins prime time road all that stuff there's uh, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> knock on Cowboy fans because they're as passionate as any fan base. But the atmosphere inside that stadium, it's kind of, it's so large. I just, and there's, there's so many road fans are able to come in and want to come in to see the stadium that come out of town and the Vikings travel well. It didn't really, it, it never really feels like they have a huge home field advantage there. It kind of feels like you're almost playing in one of these like offsite college football games in week one or two or, you know, a bowl game kind of situation in terms of the atmosphere. So it really wasn't what we've seen with Kirk Cousins having to go in on primetime against Seattle against Green Bay where we've seen him struggle so much um, and I thought Cousins played well and we've seen him overall he, he, obviously October was his month it was uh, Cousins uh, he was on fire <laughs> then he took a step back maybe last week but here he responds and for the Vikings a really big win for them I, I, I know their bye week's coming up now pretty soon but uh, they have one more game against the Broncos and they get the, the really late bye in week 12 but they got some tougher games in their schedule so for them a huge win especially with the Carolina and the, and the Rams losing they put themselves in a great spot moving forward with this victory they've already beaten the eagles as well so all these teams that are kind of in these tie break situations with the vikings they have the that uh head-to-head victory and that's one big thing for them i think uh, i'm feeling pretty good for your i mean i picked the packers to win the division and you picked the vikings but i think both teams i think we both picked them to also make the playoffs and i'm feeling pretty good about that right now yeah for sure these are two teams that are sort of starting to uh to show kind of what they're capable of and uh you know i, I guess now it's just a matter of keeping it going and for the cowboys like you said if we'll go through them i think on our our next episode well next week when we go through our recap kind of where people stand for the nfc but i there are not many games left on their schedule where you're going to circle and say that's a definite win for the cowboys Mm -hmm. um and so that that could be a problem and uh, we'll see uh kind of how how it unfolds there but uh that'll wrap up uh, our takeaways here uh for the week 10 and uh, as we said if you go back to our previous episode you can check out 
our thoughts on the Monday night game between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, I guess I did say it. I'm picking the Seahawks in that one. Dylan goes <laughs> with the 49ers. Uh, either way, it uh, should deliver and give us another great game. And really, yep. both primetime games have already done it. We said this was going to be a big week for primetime games, and uh, the two Absolutely. two previous ones have been great. So uh, we expect nothing different uh, in this one. All right, to the waiver wire. Uh, we'll wrap up, as we always do, with looking at uh, the fantasy football waiver wire. And let me just say, we're getting here to where we're in week 11. You've, you've only got two more bye weeks to end. Spot starts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the point we're at to where, remember, none of these players are probably – I don't want to say none of these players could win you your league, but there are a couple that, that you could maybe rely on if you have to. Mm-hmm. But let's just keep that in mind. Only if you have to. Um, Dylan, I mean, it is. It's, it's a rough one because I'll tell you why. And it all starts with the quarterbacks because there's only one quarterback that I looked at and said, well, I guess he's an option because of his schedule. Um, And let's say this, the Titans, the Seahawks, the Giants, and the Packers are all on buys in week 11. Mm -hmm. So that means, you know, you're out Russell Wilson, you're out Aaron Jones, you're out Aaron Rodgers, um, Mm -hmm. you're out Derrick Henry, Saquon. You know, there's there's a lot of of problems (laughs) when it comes to – the, the bye weeks here so um you're gonna have to pick up some of these guys probably and uh at quarterback i mean I, i'm not impressed either with sam darnold but my i mean you look at the guy's schedule and it's like i mean theoretically <laughs> if you had to and if you're someone in a two quarterback league or something you're gonna have to use him but i mean i guess theoretically you could look at him and say He's at the Redskins this week. He's at the Raiders the following week. He's at the Bengals. He's against the Dolphins. There's a lot yeah. of possibilities to at least just have mm-hmm. him there. You know, let's say someone you have potentially gets injured. If you need, just as you can tell, I'm very confident in this pick. Um, but he's really the only guy I look at and say maybe. Like I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rough field. I'm I'm kind of scanning it. I I maybe say Derek Carr. I know they got some tougher games, but at least that passing offense for the Raiders. He didn't have a huge fantasy week last week, but before that, uh, you know, playing pretty well. And it's they they also have a couple of easier games coming up in Kansas City, a team that they'll probably run the ball on more than trying to pass. But overall, I think that would be one other option. I would say other other than that. Yeah, like you said, Tannehill. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm all yeah. on all on board for the Tana Goat here and for Nashville, but I don't think, I don't think fantasy so. wise, week to week, you're gonna rely on him to do what he did on Sunday. Uh, like you said, Sam Darnold's schedule lines up, but if I had to throw in another guy, maybe it'd be Derek Carr. Yeah, because again, this is really like this is a one week thing, folks. I don't think you're gonna be looking at these guys. Or maybe two weeks because we we do have yeah. buys next week too, but um, you're probably not going out of your way to to rush out to get any of these guys to be honest unless you just have to have them uh running back again i mean we mentioned the the injury situation with the falcons but are we really relying on brian hill to get you know 20 ppr points or anything like that i don't think so uh knowing you know uh, yeah that's not a, an ideal situation probably jd mckissick's still there we talked about him last week with the lions um i mean darius guys i think is probably the one i'd to be honest with you, I'd maybe even look at mm-hmm. him and say he may be one of the better ones of the week just because you you know he's probably going to get plugged in in some way. We yep. just we don't know how involved he's going to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, 
the one thing we've seen with Bill Callahan is that the, the Redskins are going to pound the ball. They've been yeah. playing these two-and-a-half-hour games, which is just great for anyone that's covering that team <laughs> in terms of getting their deadline stories out. But I think Geis is an intriguing option. I still think McKissick, yeah, we, we talked about him. He had a, he had a decent week. And, and Ty Johnson, uh, I think, has a concussion Ty, or maybe. Yeah. yeah so. Um, uh, otherwise, I uh, <laughs> really be in a tough place if you pick brian hill the the falcons he's got a 0.7 ownership rating came out obviously had a decent week there against the saints so who knows how he factors in the falcons kind of have an, a season that's lost so maybe devonta freeman uh is, takes less carries than what you might hope as an owner in fantasy and maybe he does something but other, otherwise yeah these not a not a pretty place to be um if you running back situation it's a it's not the same as some of the other ones it's one that uh, there's a reason that you uh early in the draft really need to prioritize that compared to others it's so much tougher to replace some of these guys but like you said you're gonna have to with some of these bye weeks I think in one of my leagues I have uh, a couple guys both my top running backs are gonna be in buys coming up so it's it's gonna be a rough going there maybe guys is someone I look at um I don't know Adrian Peterson still he's a little over 50 percent I guess but he's close to that borderline if yeah. he's open in your league still someone I, you could consider with the way that Callahan has taken that offense and Dwayne Haskins now starting the rest of the year yep. for the uh, they, they just announced today so uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be pounding the rock um, and that's one thing, I guess. If you're if the uh, you know, Redskins, you're not going to really rely on them. If you have Terry, scary Terry, you're probably starting him. But on their <laughs> running game, I guess you, that's the one thing we look at the, the opportunity yep. in fantasy a lot of the time. And that's one place, I guess, for Washington where they have an advantage. Yeah, wide receiver, wide receiver looks a little bit better um, because we know it's just it's such a volatile situation. You can probably plug in some of these guys throughout these next couple of wide weeks and, and feel okay. Um, Devontae mm-hmm. Parker for me is still the the number one. I mean, he's just yeah. you know he didn't have a huge game against the Colts, but he's pretty Solid much a, a lock to have double digit you know points. He, he's the top target there, and you know with Fitzpatrick playing like he's playing, the Dolphins are rolling. Um, so I think Devontae Parker probably the the top option, honestly, maybe overall. Again, I think Adam is my top option mm-hmm. last week, maybe, and he would be that again for me. So um, elsewhere, Darius Slayton, we talked about him. Um, the only, I guess, the problem with that, of course, is that the Giants are on by this week, so he's not going to help you this week. Yep. Um, but um, that that's an issue. Uh, Cole Beasley, my man. I, I'm telling you, Dylan, I think Cole Beasley has been on my list for more than any other player <laughs> like all year. Like I just keep pounding it and saying you have to pick up Cole Beasley because if you, if you want someone that's going to give you – you know a consistent floor like he just keeps mm-hmm. doing it and he hasn't stopped um so it's it's kind of a situation where i think you throw him in the mix elsewhere i've got hunter Hin- hunter Win- renfro excuse me uh, oh yeah he's starting to PPR, play PPR yeah machine like now. he's starting to play well in his role uh so i guess you know those four guys wide receiver wise uh, there's some options there yeah there's a lot of good options i think that was a good one that i was going to point out was renfro i mean that guy uh, anyone that you know, if you're a college football fan, are, are you really shocked that a guy that dominated so well in a, for Clemson is doing this? Yes, he played with solid <laughs> quarterbacks and played against some weaker opponents in the ACC at times. But in those bigger games against those really tough Alabama defenses, he still was playing and showing up and doing a good job. So not shocked to see him finding a role here for the Raiders. And as that pass offense continues to shine, and they got some weaker opponents coming up, I think that's a good one. Yeah, Slayton, you talk about. 
uh, what he did this past week, but then he has the bye, and then after that they they face the Bears and the, and the Packers. So probably two matchups there that aren't going to look fantastic in terms of his fantasy um, value. I think uh, outside of Hunter Renfro, I agree. Uh, Beasley and uh, Devontae Parker has to be the number one. Just again, opportunity. Where and this is a guy that with the Dolphins playing a little bit better, and they're clear if they're going to keep Fitzpatrick in there, they're at least going to be doing something. Uh, Buffalo it might be a tougher matchup for them, but after that they've got some easier second has come up on the schedule. Devontae Parker, I think, easily a flex play and possibly for one of these bye weeks, just a slot him as your number second uh, receiver here. It's crazy to see he's still on, owned by less than 50% of owners. I get he's on the Dolphins, but, uh, man, he's he's really a productive player at this point in terms of fantasy value. Just uh, his floor is not that low. No, and Cole Beasley, listen, he played Cole, nine yeah. games. He has at least nine fantasy points in all but one game this season. So, I mean, like he's hit double digits in I think like six or mm-hmm. seven of those. So it's like yep. I know it's not pretty, and and you know he hasn't had over fourteen, but I'll take those fourteen points and be happy with yep. it. Like I'll take those ten because I know someone's going to lay a dud. Sorry, Cooper Cup. I'm sorry, but you lost me. My <laughs> you lost me this week. Like I just yep. it really ruined my team, and I'm not happy about it. Um, but uh, that's okay we're okay there so um yeah that's you got some options at wide receiver uh tight end i only have one on this list oj howard he is returned he is back in good graces apparently with the bucks uh we've been talking about him all year long and it seems like oj howard is finally going to play a role for the bucks so i guess if you need a tight end maybe oj's back here Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked great. Uh, we had one of my coworkers here, or one of our coworkers, uh, Noam, in the office. Was uh, he was like, "Man, Cameron Brayton not doing nothing." I'm like, "Well, big OJ Howard's living up to his billing this week. He's doing uh, what everyone and fan- all these uh, fantasy yeah. kind of people that project things before the year. They all talked about him. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, for an option if he's available in your league. Uh, yeah, I'd absolutely jump on him. I think out of these guys, I mean, yes, Kyle Rudolph's there, but he's not going to be making one-handed catches no. three times every week. You know, uh, not someone you're going to rely maybe on quite as much. Uh, but if it, tight end position as we know it's it's one that we found out here at clutch points that people might struggle with more than others because after this first as as few guys uh there's a lot of decisions you have to make and routinely when we talk about uh our start and cinema articles at tight end it's one of our highest read articles (laughs) so um uh, yeah oj howard tampa bay with the way they're still going to throw the ball all the time they're still giving up so many points i think he's the probably the more reliable option between those two but i think both options are not bad considering um, what some of the other guys are at this point on the on the rosters out there yeah just uh plug someone in it doesn't matter at this point just tie it in just just plug them in um just just hope that you have one of the better ones if you don't you're in trouble uh defense i've got one option too on here and it's uh i never thought i'd be saying this i guess uh here in week 11 but the oakland raiders who are coming off of a a big <laughs> defensive performance against the chargers well, you're not going to use them the rest of the season, but I will say you can definitely use them the next two weeks because they're playing the Bengals at home this week and they're turn around and go to mm-hmm. the Jets the next week. Yeah, uh, not much to add in terms of the Raiders' <laughs> fantasy value. They did they did quite well. They scored 17 yeah. on, on on Thursday against the Chargers. Uh, turnovers they have started the uh, force more. If that pass rush gets going, especially these next couple of weeks, like you said, they're a fantastic option. I think uh, as we talked about in the past, for especially – 
when I think about defenses and fantasy, always matchup based. Uh, yeah. def- teams that are really bad on defense, if they're playing the right team, the right matchups up front, they're going to put up points, and that's all it's about. It's not about having uh, you know every unit's going to eventually face a, a Baltimore Ravens or a Kansas City Chiefs and give up a bunch of points. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, out of these ones of the schedules coming up. Uh, that's the that's the defense that uh, what the, given what they did against the Chargers on Thursday, I would trust the most absolutely. The only other one I have is possibly here's the Jets, but I'm sorry. I'm just not going there. No, I'm no, not comfortable no, no, no. going there. <laughs> I don't care that they play the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, uh, and the Dolphins. Yeah. I'm not going there. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe the Browns against the Steelers, given what no, that offense no, in Pittsburgh sorry. has done? No. no? no okay. Done. Okay. Just throw we're it out done the with them. No, we're, we're done, done with them. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it anymore. I played the Browns against the Broncos and the Bills, and I got True. nothing. So I don't care who they play. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in in week 12 and throw four touchdowns at this point. Um, But it's – I will say this. If you want to pick up the Browns, it's actually not a bad idea because, remember, you're starting to look ahead to playoff schedules here. And Mm -hmm. the the Browns do host the Bengals in week 14. Yep. So that's one where you're probably going to feel pretty good about playing the Browns. Uh, but to be honest, even against the Dolphins, I don't feel good about playing the Browns. So I don't know if that says more about the Browns or the Dolphins. So we'll see. Um, all right, that wraps it up. Uh, there's our, our very confident waiver wire selections uh, for uh, this upcoming week. So, yes, if you're someone on by, uh, I guess the best thing to say is good luck because uh, it's not exactly uh, a situation where you're probably going to feel confident playing a lot of these guys, but uh, they're out there if you need them on your roster um all right so that'll wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast and uh as always we'll be back here to look ahead to our uh week 11 picks and uh hopefully we'll do a little bit better uh than we did uh from this week and uh hopefully the seahawks will give me another victory in their game against the 49ers on monday night but uh, dylan we got a lot of great stuff going up at clutch points uh, let everybody know where they can find all of our stuff yeah, for Establish the Pass, appreciate all our listeners and subscribers on Apple, and uh, we appreciate listeners wherever you listen to pod- the podcast. We'll try to get it out in some more of the uh, outlets, but we're on pretty much all the major ones, uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, yes, we got on, the, on our Clutch Points website, too, if you go to the podcast tab, we got our podcast, two NBA podcasts, college basketball, and Blake and Joseph, so... A lot of good stuff there uh, for NFL content. Yeah, the app, definitely appreciate any downloads we can get. A lot of NBA fans coming into the app, so all NFL fans, we'd appreciate some of you guys more coming in uh, to follow games and read our uh, all the articles we get published in that section there. On the website itself, on the homepage, we've got our NFL tab. You can search fantasy football for all our fantasy content. We'll have the waiver wire pickup article from Blake tomorrow. We'll have the, the droppables article. We've kind of added that one in on the kind of the, the flip side. Who are the guys now? If you're, if you're picking up these 10, who, who can you drop at this point it's probably if you haven't figured it out for some of these guys might be a little late but still <laughs> uh, still some options still got to make those decisions so we got those ones start them send them articles all kinds of fantasy stuff so uh yeah appreciate it now we it's crazy uh, we were talking about it before i think uh the podcast preview in week 10 it's crazy to think there's only seven more weeks of the regular season after tonight yeah don't don't drop cooper cup folks don't drop it. he'll be okay <laughs> i know i know i'm mad at him but he'll be okay i promise um, all right. Yep. That'll wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast. Like Dylan said, be sure you subscribe uh, all over the place. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.